Hi, you're listening to the United States of Canada podcast, a love story between a Canadian and an American. I'm Farah the Canadian. And I'm Marv the American. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about something we call yum yum garbage. Yum yum garbage. It's television that it is so bad you can feel your brain rotting as you're watching it, but you just cannot look away. I really feel like a raccoon just stuffing my face with garbage. It's so good, mm-hmm. but it's also so bad. That's, yes. It's, it's actually kind of like that one potato chip brand where you can't eat just one. We're not sponsored by them, but we could be. <sighs> Stealing my lines. <laughs> It's my bit. <laughs> I guess it's community property. <laughs> yeah, so how did we get started watching Yum Yum Yum, Yum Garbage? That was definitely my fault. Um, before we even met, I started watching 90 Day Fiance. And it was just one of those shows where it was so gross and so dramatic and everyone was so extra where... It was kind of a mental escape. And then I ended up in a, well, we ended up in a situation where it was, it was relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, we could resonate with that whole, not the whole process, but the majority Mm -hmm. of that process and the waiting and the being apart and the worrying over paperwork and, and all that. So we started watching it together. Yes. Well, apart, but together. Right, right, right. Do you remember how we used to watch TV together? Yes. We would like sync up and when the clock turned to a certain number, we would both press play. Yes. On YouTube. Yes. Because <laughs> American and Canadian Netflix aren't the same. Well, no. we, we watch some of it on some things on Netflix. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of this was also on Hulu, and so when you'd come to visit, we'd binge 90 Day Fiancé, and I mean, not just 90 Day Fiancé, but the whole 90 Day Fiancé universe, like all the <laughs> spinoffs and multiple seasons, and yeah, again, just a couple of raccoons just eat... Just, yum, yum, garbage. Just shoveling... <laughs> You know, bullshit into our little <laughs> greedy mouths just as fast as our little tiny hands can move. So, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, a new season would come out and we'd watch that in a few days. And we would have to take breaks. We could probably do about like three episodes at a time mm-hmm. and then we would need a breather. Yeah. Because yeah. it was just a lot. It Oh, so much. So much. <laughs> Yeah, so many of those people are just so frustrating to watch. They really are. And I, I don't know. I I mean, I wonder how a lot of them got their visas in the first place, only because, you know, we've gone through that process. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the frustrating things that you had mentioned a couple of times to me was that they had no plans mm-hmm. for after they got their visas. Like, you don't plan your wedding after you get your visa you Mm -hmm. plan it before yeah and kind of have all of your ducks in a row so that you know what's happening yeah um i mean in fact i think that that's one of the things you're supposed to say as part of the fiance visa process is what are your plans to get married when are you planning to get married where and you know what i think the majority of them got immigration attorneys to fill out all that paperwork which Mm -hmm. is why they came across as having their heads 
you know, firmly shoved up their own behinds is because mm-hmm. they didn't fill out this paperwork. Yeah, true. Um, you did the majority of our paperwork. Right, so right, right. you you sort of knew what was going on and you kept me in the loop. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely not easy. We're very lucky that you're an attorney. If you weren't, I don't know if we could have done all the paperwork because it's, yeah. it's just a mess. True. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely something you need to be involved in. Right. If you're applying for uh, any sort of immigration visa. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Yeah. But I mean, but I guess getting back to the yummy yes. garbage. Yeah. So we uh, watched all the 90 day fiancés, all the spinoffs, our little bellies were just bloated with trash. And then we got sick. And then we got sick. Yeah. Yes. So we sort of took a detox from yum yum garbage mm-hmm. for quite a while. And then I moved here mm-hmm. and we got married. Yes. And then I realized that being in California, it might be beneficial to know Spanish. Yes. So I started learning Spanish, mm-hmm. and then you, yes, you found our next yum yum garbage. I did, yeah. So, yeah, like Farah mentioned, I mean, she's learning Spanish now. I took it in high school. Never really was that good at Spanish to begin with, and so figured let's watch a uh, telenovela and um, get like a refresher. Yeah, get a refresher. Get used to how the language sounds. Yes. So after doing a search, I saw that uh, La Reina del Sur was uh, highly recommended. So we started watching La Reina del Sur. I remember, like the first couple episodes, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Right. I wasn't sure, and then it got really good. Yeah. Yeah. Should we give a little synopsis of what it's about? I don't want to ruin it, though. Well, I mean, it's. I, we're not ruining it, I think, if we just say it's about a... Um, okay, yeah, no spoilers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the first episode is about... Um, the first episode? Yeah, the, yeah. well, the first episode is about uh, a woman uh, uh, escaping a Mexican drug cartel. Well, that was the whole season. Yeah. That's the whole premise. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's basically what the show's about, a woman escaping a drug cartel. Yeah, and it was it was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like the production value. I mean, we took we took little clips and yeah. sent it to my friends. Yeah. Cuz it was just so funny. Right. Right. Well, I, I mean, season 1 in particular. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the the acting's bad, but to make up for it, they also have no production value. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just <laughs> Hot garbage from beginning to end. But it was so good. Yeah. And then, like, for season two, Netflix stepped in and... Um, Cha- they changed it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. The acting was still bad, but at least they had, like, really high production values. Oh, my gosh. But, yes, we recommend it. Watch it if you have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess speaking of Netflix, there's a few shows on there that I watched that was my yum yum garbage that I got Farah hooked on. I still think you like those ones more than I do. Yeah, probably, but... Um, so one of the ones that you used to watch was The Circle. Yeah. And that one just annoyed the shit out of me. Right. Um, yeah, so that one's about like a bunch of people that are all... Uh, Vying iso- for yeah. being, well, they want to win a popularity contest. Right, right, right. And, and, and so, like, they're all in like individual apartments and can't see each other, and they, they just get to know each other through social media. Yeah, they communicate and like have challenges and stuff over, like, um, sort of like a closed circuit mm-hmm. social media thing. Yes. Um, and I mean, 
I'll still skip episodes mm-hmm. when you watch them if I'm not in the mood. But like for the most part, I watch. I watched it with you, but you definitely liked it more than I did. Yeah. I think I'm just tired of social media in general. That's true. Um, yeah. Although, how how about too hot to handle? Oh, that was that was garbage. That was on fire. Oh yeah, you want you want to explain what that one's about? So, Too Hot to Handle is a show where a bunch of single people are on an island mm-hmm. and they're like dating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like when they were finding them, they were yeah. mis. Um, yeah, yeah. They were told that this is going to be like a big party island, and they're going to, you know, just just know. have fun and be promiscuous, and, and and this is just like an all-paid vacation of, yeah. you know, debauchery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, they basically find like these people. Who, they're they're basically just walking, talking genitals. I mean, all they want to do is have sex. Yeah, and then they go to the island, and then they realize that. Dun, 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 there's a catch. That's right. Yeah, so they're told that they need to establish deeper connections and no sexual activity of any sort until they develop these deeper connections. And if they actually, you know, engage in any sort of hanky-panky, they lose prize money. And it's just... It's so gross. It, it truly, truly, it's... It is so bad. It really makes me not miss my 20s. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I, w- I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to watch that again, though. I don't... I'm, I'm addicted to it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I mean, the people on it... And I, and I guess that's kind of the, the main thing with, like, a lot of this yum-yum garbage is that if the people are likable you want to keep watching but if you get just a bunch of really unlikable people Mm. i don't care what they do i think that these are you know trash human beings and i don't really want to fill my eyeballs and my brain with what's going on in their lives right yeah i don't know i think we've sort of slowed down with the yum garbage a little bit like i think the last one we watched that okay i thoroughly enjoyed this one mm-hmm. i don't know about you mm-hmm. sexy beasts yeah that was good oh that one was so good yeah yeah oh and then love is blind love is yeah oh love is blind yeah because those were those two are very similar concepts yes is you know you get to know a person without seeing them and see if you can establish an emotional connection and then build from there mm-hmm. um those two i really enjoyed yeah only because it kind of showcases how superficial we are <laughs> as a species which i mean i guess it makes sense um but it's a little bit sad i guess i don't yeah. know i don't know there were just not so much in Sexy Beast, but there were some super garbage people on Love is Blind. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I guess kind of the same thing with, like, both of the shows is that at the end of the day, they're all conventionally attractive people. Right. And so it's not like, you know, I mean, I hate to shit on Big Ed, but it's not like one of the guys looks like Big Ed and the other yeah. one is like, you know, some, you know, chiseled Adonis. And... Right. And I think maybe that's part of the problem a little bit. 
um, with these shows is you can easily dehumanize someone who who fits in the conventionally attractive mm-hmm. category. Yeah. Um, but it would also be nice to see people who are represented in like other communities, mm. like yeah. like plus size mm-hmm. or like more more people of color. Like I I don't remember seeing anyone who was like Chinese or Korean or right. You know, even maybe there was a South Asian on there, but like majority were like Caucasian and black people Mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with that at all. But it would be nice to have a little bit more ethnic diversity, I think, and different shapes and sizes. Oh, I I 100% agree. Yeah. In fact, I mean, on Love is Blind, one of the guys was shortish. Yeah. Well, yeah, shortish. um, And like of... All the couples that decided that they wanted to try and get married, he was in the relationship where the woman was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I feel attracted to him. Um, She said it was about his age, but I mean... It was not about his age. Yeah. It was not about his age. And, uh, you know, the the one... And she had the hots for someone else on that show who was engaged, and she just walked around like a... Freaking idiot. Oh, yeah. Yum, yum, garbage. Yum, yum, garbage. <laughs> Give me more. Yeah. But I was thinking of, like, the one guy who was um, bisexual and oh, right. felt so awkward about coming out about it. And, I mean, who you are is who you are. And... Right. And there's no judgment. But, I mean, I really do feel like he should have been honest about it. Right. Um... I don't think it should matter, but, mm-hmm. and I don't think it mattered. What I, yeah. what I think mattered was he kept it secret until right. after they got engaged right. and went to Mexico. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, kind of going back to your point about, you know, needing like greater diversity, like he, I think he was the only one on the show that Who was not heteronormative. Yes. Right. As far as I know, I mean, they didn't feature everyone that was on the show yeah. or participating, but yeah, I mean, they. I really wish, like you said, on these shows that they would have more diversity as far as who the people are, what they look like, what their backgrounds are. I would love to see a show like Love is Blind, but just full of pansexuals. Hmm. I think that would be amazing. I do too. Just like totally gender fluid people. Like you don't know who's going to end up with who. Netflix, are you listening? (laughs) We're giving you a hit. (laughs) Just give us a credit. (laughs) Or sponsor the podcast. You just had to get that in there, right? I did. It's my line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Um, so I guess speaking of like diversification, there are a couple shows that we've watched that are are more South Asian based. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we watched Indian Matchmaking mm-hmm. when it came out, and I loved it. Yeah, I'm I am sincerely excited for a season two. I would really like for them to make a season two. I was totally enthralled and a little bit traumatized because it. It kind of actually reminded me a little bit of my upbringing. Like, I wasn't obviously forced into an arranged marriage or anything, but, like, I was introduced to people through um, my relatives. And, like, we don't... We don't... Not we. I wasn't, like, subjected to an Indian matchmaker, but 
my mom was also sort of an Indian matchmaker. So, Mm. like, she found partners for, I think, five or six people. And they're still married today. But then she couldn't do it for me, which, thank God, that I don't believe in. Um, (laughs) She didn't. But... Yeah, it's it's weird, like, the, the traditions and, and stuff. It was a little bit dramatic, a little bit over the top, but the, the spirit of it was there. Yeah, so, I mean, for people that aren't familiar with, like, what, you know, traditional Indian matchmaking, what that process is, I mean, could you kind of fill us in a little bit? Yeah, so basically there are professional matchmakers, and they have this huge database full of people who are looking for love, and depending on what you're looking for, they try to match you um, with, you know, your perfect person. Um, there's a lot of people who still believe in like the caste system and, you know, they have to have matching horoscopes and things like that. So um, they can take that into account. There are some people who don't care about religion, um, who are more open to whatever. Um but yeah, so they'll go to weddings, they'll be invited to parties and stuff, and they network and they find people and, you know, successful couples are be, will be like, oh, I use this matchmaker, and then that's how they drum up business. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a weird thing to profit off of, if you ask me. Yeah. But, I mean, do you, boo-boo, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, for me watching the show, I... I guess I was kind of surprised with just the diversity within the um, Indian community. Indian community. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, you told me about how, like, well, so one of the people that was being matched up was uh, Guyanese. Right. And you were telling me about how, you know, there's, I mean, how there, would you describe there's, it? There's discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there are... Indians who like come from Fiji or Guyana and their culture and language and traditions are a little bit different mm-hmm. um, from those who are like North Indian and South Indian. And e- there's even a difference between North and South Indian, but mm-hmm. um, there it would be difficult, I guess, for someone who was like mainland Indian to be with someone who was from Guyana or Fiji Mm -hmm. or Trinidadian. It's just, it's, it's weird, but there is like this sort of discrimination and caste system thing that, that happens, which I think is absolutely disgusting. But yeah, I mean, it also depends on the person. Like, you know, it wasn't that important to me to share my culture. So that's why I was open to different ethnicities. And that's Mm -hmm. why I married you and you're just absolutely lovely and I could not imagine being with somebody else Um, but yeah like if that's important to you if you want to share your music and your language then you would want to find someone within that ethnic group right 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 yeah and then you know again I well there's two points I wanted to, to make and one of them was again going back to just the diversity I mean it's not like everyone in india speaks hindi i mean you've got you know tamils you have uh gujarati people 
Um, you know, you've got... Uh, well, you have Pakistanis. You have Pakistanis. You have Sikhs. Yeah. So, you know, and, yeah. and there's different dialects in just different areas, too. Yeah. So right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and again, it's not like everyone's, you know, Hindu. I mean, like you said, like you mentioned, Sikhs, uh, uh, Muslims, Jains. Uh, Buddhists. Buddhists. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it just... I. Even if you just want to kind of get a better appreciation for like the diversity of um, Indian culture, I think Indian matchmaking is a good show to watch. Yeah. This was also the first time in my life I heard the term uh, biodata. Biodata? Bio- biodata? Yes. <laughs> so, what is that? Uh, biodata is sort of like your dating profile mm-hmm. height, weight, eye color. We also do skin color, mm. which is really really bad Mm. so i would be considered fair and then someone like a few shades darker than me would be considered weedish Mm. um and uh weedish and darker are like not as attract i'm air quoting here considered attractive so yeah according to like conventional according to when the british came and decided Mm. that Fair skin was the beauty standard. Oh, the British fucked up everything. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. so there's, you know, there's that. There's what you do, how much schooling you've had, your hobbies, your interests, blah, blah, blah. And then you can kind of look at this bio data and be like, yeah, this is kind of someone I think I could vibe with or whatever. Oh, and there's also your photo. Okay. And do people like fill out their own bio data? Does someone do it for them? Or? Um, uh, for the most part, people fill out their own unless they're unless a child is being, you know, sent to a matchmaker. Then it might be mm. a parent or something. Like mm-hmm. I remember way back in the day, way way back in the day when I was on. Um, oh my God, what was that? was that Muslim version of Tinder? Minder. When I was on Minder. So I did not know there was a Muslim version of Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my profile basically just said I'm not halal. So (laughs) So yeah, like that was very much filling out a biodata and I would see these profiles that were made by a parent for a child mm. or by a cousin or a sibling for someone else. And it was just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I mean, Indian matchmaking certainly wasn't the only um, uh, Indian um, dating show on Netflix. No, there was also um, What is Love? Yes. I don't know how I feel about that one. I liked the first... No, I like the second episode, mm-hmm. and that was basically it. Yeah, yeah, so... The first episode was disturbing. Oh. Like, very... It, it made me uncomfortable. So fucking utterly cringy. So, I mean, the host of this is... What's his name? I don't... I don't remember his name. Like Karen Johar, I think. Karan Johal or Jo yeah, something like that. Yeah, but And he's he's a Bollywood director, yeah. like a film director. Yeah, so I Yeah, and I mean he's done like a few like if you watch Bollywood movies you'd recognize the names. But they're you know, like the the kind of famous Bollywood romantic. Yeah. And so I mean this guy I mean, he's pretty much pure cringe. 
one of the cringiest people I've ever seen. Like it was, it was awkward. Like I, I was fidgeting a lot yeah. during that first episode because mm-hmm. it was just bad. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it... but the premise basically mm-hmm. is. He had this big party, and out of this big party, he picked, what, six people Mm -hmm. um, to sort of help with their love lives and figure out why they couldn't find love and blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. it ended up, you know, being pretty wholesome Mm -hmm. after that first episode. Yeah. So he would, like, go into um, the psychology behind Mm -hmm. what was holding them back from a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. He would, you know, give them a bit of a, a makeover. Yeah. Get them on a celebrity date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would get some of uh, his friends that are Bollywood stars to go on. Not like, just Bollywood. Not just. No. Just. That's why I said celebrities. Okay. Yeah. So we won't we won't ruin it. But if you want to watch it, watch it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So there would be like a celebrity date. And then they would. He would set them up on two different dates. Mm-hmm. And it was it was nice to see the growth in these people mm-hmm. and sort of figuring out how to fight their own demons and yeah. get over past trauma, which was really good. So, yeah. I mean, it was it was good, but it was also not not good. Right, right, yeah. I mean, I think it kind of had like the formula of a good show, like the people that you're watching. It's like these are people that are easy to cheer for. It's, yeah. You know, you... For the most part. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, most of them, they're people that you want to see them happy and you want to see them succeed. But, I mean, between the host being just pure cringe, his uh, little sidekicks being... So cringe. So cringe. And him using the word amazing and trying to make it a thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to shake you up and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be shamazing. Ugh. And he called uh, the the single people he's working with uh, singletons. That's a brown thing. Is it? Yeah. It's like homely. Oh. Yeah. For us, homely doesn't mean ugly. It means someone who likes to stay at home. Yeah. Or filmy. Or filmy. Someone who likes movies. (laughs) (laughs) So those are things I've learned from (laughs) watching those shows. But yeah, I guess now since we've we've like watched all of this, we Mm -hmm. we now occasionally watch an episode of Blind Date. Yeah. But it's gotten less and less now. Yeah, yeah. Bring us more garbage. Yeah. (laughs) So, do you have any recommendations on Yum Yum Garbage? Is there anything that you enjoy? You can uh, let us know. Uh, Give us a follow on uh, either Twitter or TikTok at States underscore Canada. Let us know what you're watching. Until next time. Until next time.